Verse 16, are you ready? And they journeyed from Bethel. And there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. Everyone say, there was but a little way. And Rachel travailed. She had hard labor. Came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass, here's our last verse, as her soul was in departing, for she had died, she was dying, that she called the name of her son Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. I want to preach today, and I have multiple titles, so we'll start with this one, and I may change it in the middle. I'm looking for a city. I'm looking for a city. Amen. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and tell them how wonderful they look today and tell the truth. saw those children so many of them singing and I thought about all the parents I just want you to know God's given you great gifts amen while I preach today there will be a few nuggets if you'll take note of them They'll help you. Praise God. Amen. Everyone said amen. Amen. A little context today regarding the scripture and the position of this patriarch, Jacob. His grandfather has long since passed... Isaac also, his father, has died. The last separating scenes of him and his brother, the rift that separated Jacob and Esau, is over two decades old. Jacob's deception, however, still lays heavy on his heart. Though God has blessed him, he, he could not think about it. He was troubled. He wanted to face his brother again. He wanted to see him again. He had to go back home. But he wasn't sure if he could see Esau. The Bible says in Proverbs 18... A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. 
difficult to break through. Peace, ladies and gentlemen, always comes at a cost. It'll cost you to have peace. It's never free. Jacob will attempt to do what so many others have failed to do. He's he's attempting to win back his brother Esau. So, before Jacob and his family arrive back home, before they round the bend, as it were, Jacob separates them all in groups. He sends a portion of them ahead. There's an offering he sends. A gift. And then children are sent. And then his wives are sent. He'll come in last. Call it what you will, but if Esau is seeking his blood, he thinks that maybe he'd find out This is an unadvisable way to put your family in harm's way. You go first. I don't like that very much. But that's what he did. Perhaps Jacob believes that the children, the innocent, would soften the heart of his once scorned brother the last time he saw him. Many decades ago, Esau hated him. And for good cause. Jacob left his father-in-law behind. He was glad to be rid of his father-in-law. And he took Rachel and Leah and all their children because it was time to get out of there. He could no longer deny his rightful place in the land of his father. In fact, the blessing of Abraham had fallen on him. It was time for him to go back home. What could be seen as a surprising twist. Not only does Esau welcome all of the family but he receives Jacob with open arms Jacob had sent them all by bands until they they were all there standing in front of Esau and finally when when Esau sees his brother Jacob he asks what do you mean by all these droves these groups that I met and Jacob replies I was hoping to find favor in your eyes Here's the next verse. But Esau said, I already have plenty. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. No, no, please, Jacob said. If I found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Now that you've received me. And I cannot think of a greater healing than that of a healed family. There's no torment of the physical flesh and the healing of it that compares to a healed family. Jacob said it's like seeing the face of God. Both brothers are filled with the evidence of God's blessing. They they both have so much, so many cattle and sheep and the herds and the servants. They couldn't even merge if they wanted to. So the Bible says that Jacob sojourned to Sukkoth Built him a house, made booze for his cattle. He's got to move away. He's, he's there. He's not there very long, maybe 10 years, the Bible would say. It's a settling place. He built a house there. It's a place where he will reorganize his life and those in his household. I hope you can hear this now. 
because there is no gathering of oneself without a place to settle. We've moved so fast from thought to thought, from moment to moment. I worry that we have lost or at least forgotten the wonder of what we have seen and heard, even in this year. I scrolled back through the sermons of 2019. I wept on some of them, rejoiced on others, but ultimately, I wondered if I could remember all of them and the blessing of them. And then the services in which they were delivered, the healings and the miracles and the people that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptisms of water and all the blessings financially in a family and all kinds of things. I hope we haven't forgot, but we move so fast. Pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Pause. Wipe your mind clear of what you have done this week and what you will do after this is over. Think about the goodness of the Lord. Just for a moment, can we think about the goodness of the Lord? The inheritance, the blessing, if you could think about it, if you could pause on the goodness of the Lord, it might calm your spirit about the trouble of this life. If you think about the inheritance and the blessing that the Lord gives you, and the years that it took to get you where you are right now, so gather yourself Gather yourself where you are going demands a clear thought. Where we're all going demands a clear thought. Demands that you strengthen yourself and your family in the tenets of the faith. Of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to be challenged on the doctrine of Jesus Christ. You're going to be challenged on the tenets of your faith. There's going to be a lot of diluting liquid, diluting thoughts, trying to minimize your walk with God. The world is full of that. Wolves and sheep clothing are full of that. Can anybody hear me today? Better know what you believe. You better know that you know that you know. Better not give up what you know and give up what you've seen and give up things that you've experienced even this very year. There's enough in this year. To, it ought to keep you until the rapture. You're going to be challenged on that. You're going to get discouraged because you're going to forget the blessings of God. I want you to pause for a moment and gather yourself. There's so much blessing in this house. If we could just name them, we wouldn't have enough time to get through it in one day. I'm going to tell you, God's been better to you than you can ever be to anybody or to yourself. Just consider the inheritance that lays before you. Pause for a moment. Pause for a moment. A decade's going to pass. And Jacob did not consider what he had built. He wasn't holding on to the house that he built. Though it had to be substantial to to have rooms for everyone. There had to be a place where he could pause to remember because that is what God always wanted them to do in the Old Testament. Remember. Remember how I brought you out. Remember what I've done. Remember my law. Remember my statutes. Remember that. There had to be a place to remember, to reflect. 
And Jacob took time. And I'll say it again. He was going somewhere. And he needed to convince his family of the vision. The words of God. And the midnight dreams. And then after that period's over. Jacob will journey on. He's going to the place where the covenant was delivered. Leah with all her many sons and daughters are there. And Rachel with her one son Joseph is there. And when things are complete and Jacob journeys towards Canaan, which is where he was meant to be all along, according to the promise and according to the scripture, he's going to immediately go back to the place that he first named Bethel. This time, Jacob takes his entire family to the place of the Lord's first visitation. Think of it now, ladies and gentlemen. The story was not enough for him to speak. They needed to see it. They needed to walk in the place where the Lord had ascended and descended on a ladder. Where angels were ascending and descending. They needed to see the stones where their father first laid his head in that midnight run when he was escaping. It was a place of significance and it marked their entire lives. They needed to see the place where God interceded so many years prior when their father was running away from their uncle. And when they came to Bethel, God is going to speak again to Jacob. There's a promise at Bethel. At Bethel, there's always a promise at Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. Bet, bet, B-E-I-T-E-L, Bethel. The house of God or God's house. There's always a promise. God's house is filled with promises. And God said in verse 11, I am God Almighty, the fruitful. Be fruitful. Multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. The kings are going to come from you. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I'm giving it to you also, God said. And to your seed, after thy seed, I'm giving it all the way down. I will give the land, God said. Jacob is trying to bring his entire family with him. I hope you can hear this today. Jacob is working on his family. He's working on his family. He's not necessarily working on himself. He has already been there. He's done that. But they needed to see it and they needed to hear it. He set up altars before the Lord. He's anointed them with water and with oil. He's poured out water on altars of stone and anointed them with oil. He has sought the Lord from the day he left the house of his father. Jacob named all the places of his worship and sacrifices. The altar in Shechem he called El Elohi Israel, meaning a mighty God, the God of Israel. His sons are with him. Leah is with him. But he's got a problem because they're not all convinced. It's Rachel. She always seems to weigh him down. He worked the hardest for her. He worked the longest for her. He desired her. And she knew it. I wonder if she desired him as much. Even when they left their father's home, the Bible says that Rachel stole a few of the small gods that had graced the family's mantle. They were gods of stone and wood. Her father had kept them. She took them. And then she lied about having them. And when Jacob discovered what she had done, he buried them beneath a large oak tree. Rachel, she had put the whole family in jeopardy that day. All for the sake of those small gods. 
Leah, the one who was largely rejected, was determined to follow Jacob wherever he went. But Rachel seemed to revert back again and again to the things of her past. She thinks of herself. It's all about her. Hers seems to be a shallow beauty. And now, on his second trip back to Bethel, Jacob had to say this to the family, and we know who he's talking to in verse 2 of Genesis 35. Then Jacob said to the household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. we got to go back to the house of God, but we can't bring any small gods there. Look at him. He's setting up yet another stone, calling it the place, the house of God. He calls out the name again, Bethel, Bethel, the house of God, God's house in front of his whole family. This is the place of promise. And now it's time. It's time to go there. And when God had concluded speaking to Jacob and his whole family, they finally walked away from Bethel. And now they're going to the place that he's always wanted to be. It's time to get up. Now we've got to find our way to the city. It's Ephrath. That was their definite de- destination. Ephrath. They had to get to Ephrath. But Jacob, he's struggling. Most of them are with him, but Rachel is... She's heavy with child. She's about to have her second son, Benjamin... She's pregnant, and Jacob's focus is to get her from Bethel to Ephrath. That's the focus. That's the point, ladies and gentlemen. That will always be the point of your entire life, to get from the house of God to Ephrath. Here, Pastor Day, there's not another point you'll ever make that's greater than getting from the house of God to Ephrath, from Bethel to Ephrath. There's no argumentation that will hold water. Standing up against getting from Bethel to Ephrath. There's no greater measure in all the world from here to there, from dedication of stones with water and oil to the place where we know eternity is going to begin. Wherever your goals are, whatever they are, they they never will compare to the ultimate aim. Whatever your ambitions are today, they might even look foolish on the day that the Lord returns. All the time we spend on menial things, when the Lord returns, all of those things that we, 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 we groan over and we worry about, we struggle with, and, and we wear out ourselves, they're not going to mean anything. I tell you, the entirety of your life's aspirations will look like a speck of dust compared to the great day of the Lord. Watch this. Put it all together. What you think is so important. Gather the cumulative of this life and then hold it up against heaven. And I promise you, the things of this world will always look empty. It'll almost look like you have nothing in your hands. All the conversations and commentaries and ideas and positioned ideologies are wasted in the light of his glory and his grace. The losses will lose their sorrow on that day. (laughs) even death 
We'll be swallowed up in victory on the day that you and I see Jesus. Everything you've struggled with in this life, every person you've ever lost, every pain you've ever had, is going to fade away in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Nothing's going to matter that, on that day. On that day. Yes, yes, yes. And the success, we like that too. And the gain, we like that too. All of that of this life, will, it'll look like a faded flower juxtaposed against the streets of gold. It is the place. We're looking for a city. We're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I hope you can hear me today. I want someone to know it's going to be worth it all. All the struggle and all the things you have to wade through in this life, it's going to be worth it all. When you get there, it won't look like a sacrifice. It's going to be worth it all. All the pain you had to get to just to get to the church, it's not going to be worth. I'm going to tell you what, when you get there, it won't look like much because on that day that the Lord comes back, it's going to be worth it all. All the physical toil, it's going to be worth it all. All the spiritual battles, it's going to be worth it all. The... uh, the things that you lose only to find yourself standing by his throne it's going to be worth it all all the pain in this life and all the friends that have left you and all the jobs you didn't get and all the money you lost oh, and all the sorrow that you had it's going to be worth it all on that day to get from this house to the place that you've got to be I'm going to tell you if you're going to fall short fall short of a lot of things but don't fall short of getting to the city I know you're going to lose some things in this life, but don't lose your focus to get to heaven. In fact, I would get rid of everything that drags you down. The temporary losses here will result in an eternal gain. Yeah. I want to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. I've got to preach to somebody because we're so wrapped up in this world and wrapped up in things we cannot see. This is just a temporary thing. It's a mix. Even this hour, even this moment, I'm going to be done in a moment, but not just done preaching. We're all going to be done. This world is going to wrap up and you'll blink your eye and another year will come. You'll blink your eye and another year will come. Those of you who are struggling with your babies, blink your eye. They'll be teenagers. You'll wish that they were five. You, you would love to go back and change diapers. <laughs> you thought that was hard carrying the pumpkin seat everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wait till they get a mind of their own and they take on all of your attributes. Well, the best you can say is stop acting like your mother. I'm going to tell you right now, they're acting like you too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're in the gene pool, ladies and gentlemen. 23, 23, you're in the gene pool. That's right. Go ahead, blink your eye. Blink your eye and the things that you're struggling with right now. This too shall pass. You can burn your life out in a moment of time worrying about something that really doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you what, you got to get from this place to that place. You got to get from Bethel to Ephrath. Nothing else matters. Come on, give me your argumentation. Give me your argumentation. On the day that the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord on that day. Nothing's going to matter. Now, 
not your clothes and not your house and not your bank account and not your losses and not your suffering and not your pain and not your sorrow and not your success and not your failure. Nothing's going to matter if you can get from here to there. Yay! I got to get from here to there and nothing else matters and I cannot fall short. Uh, listen I've heard the voice of God I've seen the hand of God I've been witness to the wonders of the Lord and my job does not end with my personal experience I've got to get my children and my wife and I've got to take them to the place of my deliverance i got to take them to the place where my name changed and I had a new perspective where I was given a promise Let's do a little exercise here today because this will help us. Put your hand on yourself and repeat after me. It is not about me. That was painful. Let me use some improper English. It ain't about you. Stop thinking it's all about you. It's not about you. If you have seen the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, it's not about you. Now it's about the people that are around you. If you've been recovered and blessed and restored and made new, it's not about you. It's about somebody else. You've got to show them where you came from. Hey, I love the stories of your deliverance. And I love the stories about where God brought you from. But I really need you to go find somebody and bring them to the place where God brought you from. Because if you get them there, he'll speak again. And then name it, name it, name it in your life. Tell your children, this is the house of God. This is Bethel. This is the house of God. You want to say, this is the house of God. This is not just another building. This is the house of God. I know we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I know that we are the church wherever we go. But couldn't we just set aside a little place, pour some water and some oil, and say this is where the church gathers. This is the building where the church gathers. And the glory of God comes down. And these are the waters of baptism where you were, you were born again of the water and the Spirit. Just like Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Don't marvel. You've got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I don't want to. I don't want to just tell the stories of my life or my parents. They're wonderful stories. I want my boys and my daughter to hear it and see it and experience it for themselves. This is my job. My calling is to be the is to is to occupy for a brief moment the position and the office of a pastor. But my job, my duty, my daily thing is that I've got four and a wife, and we together have got to find the Lord for ourselves. So put away those small gods. We're gonna go see the only God. And Jacob, he's trying to get from Bethel to Ephrath. I know, I know, Ephrath isn't common to us, not a familiar name. The reason why is because that small city had a name change somewhere in the ancient times. Ephrath is not just another city, it's the place where all that we've been looking for is found, Ephrath. It's the place where there's, there's a change, there's no place like it. All the wonders of the world will be seen there. The very word that we eat today comes from Ephrath. All the wisdom of mankind comes from Ephrath. The coming light that will shine in the city of God is going to come from Ephrath. 
I know that it's unfamiliar to us. Without a single verse of clarification, I too would bypass Ephrath. But that was the place where Jacob was trying to bring his family. It was his mission. And here's the Bible. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. The house of bread. <laughs> He's in transition with Rachel. And she's heavy with child. Think now. All that lies in Bethlehem. All the wonder. The well-being for his family. Help for his wife. It's in Bethlehem. Help. Hope. Nourishment. Shelter. Understanding. And the like. All of it and much more will be found in Bethlehem. But Jacob did not make it. And Rachel died in between. She died, the Bible says, in the way. Just a small walk further. And in her voice as she's dying, there's a bitterness rising from the innermost part of her being. The core It's telling. For in delivery... When she's giving birth and they present her with her second son, Rachel will try to imprint her failure on the mind of an innocent son. She calls him Benoni. She's so self-absorbed to even think to name her second son Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. The son of her sorrow, that name would have stained his life because of the selfishness of her mother. She did not make it. So she imprinted the worst possible message on her son. That's what happens when mamas and daddies don't make it because they're weighed down with the things of this life and they're self-absorbed and they think it's all about me. So they imprint on their children worldliness and carnality and their own failure. <laughs> oh man <laughs> thank God for that baby's sake that a daddy stood up and said oh no 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 you might have been lost you may not make it but I gotta quickly change the name and he said no his name's not gonna be Benoni I'm gonna name him Benjamin Benoni is never gonna be the head of a tribe but Benjamin will <laughs> Benoni can't do anything but weep and feel bad and wonder why he's left out and wonder why nobody loves him and wonder where his mother is and wonder what the, all the world is he's going to polish the old gods of his mama but a daddy stood up and said oh no, oh no, I'm not going to put that on your life, you're going to be the son of my right hand, Benjamin see Jacob knew what a name could do Jacob, of all the people, he knew what it was like to be branded. She didn't make it. She couldn't make it. Because idols, even as small as they may be, always seem to weigh us down. The foolish things of this world, all of which amount to nothing, are enough to cause you to fall short. And Rachel died in the way. And not only her, Jacob fell short. His job was to get her from Bethel to Bethlehem. There's a message in between the lines. Idols buried, but then reappear. 
self-absorbed, no thought of the future. Rachel is willing to stamp her son with her emotional distress and misery. He would have had to carry that image the rest of her life. She died in the way. She was on the way. She was on the way. She, she was almost there. But too much self and too many things and too much to carry. And Jacob buried her short of the destination. Bethlehem is just a little ways off. The house of bread is a short walk. Ephrath, the place of their destination, the destination of all destinations. Bethel is the place of promise where we hear the word. But Bethlehem is the place of delivery. But Jacob doesn't get there. And Rachel dies in the way. And I know that some things may have been out of his control. But in those days, the responsibility fell on him. It was his duty to get her to the place. Regardless of the condition, Jacob was tasked with making sure that at the very least, she arrived in Ephrath. There's a story hidden in the lines that narrates something. It's a tragedy unfolding and Jacob falls short. But I stand here today to say, not everybody falls short. People are wondering now, I don't know what's going on with you. Something doesn't measure up right because the world doesn't understand the promise. They're never going to get it. That's what the people say. Because, you know, Nazareth probably only had about 20 families. This is what we were told a month and a half ago. Nazareth probably only had about 20 families. In In fact, where they worked was probably another little city called Zipporah where it had an amphitheater. But not Nazareth. Nazareth is a very small place. And when you're in a small community, everybody knows everybody's business. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you know everybody's business. Some of you like to tell all of your business. I'm feeling it. I want to stay right there for a moment. Obviously, you ain't got enough business of your own. You got to find out what other business is going on. people like to talk you think they like to talk now get 20 families around campfires and dinners and all that stuff everybody knows everybody's they know they're all their business you think we're the only people that can do the math they understood the cube and the square roots before Babel there's mathematicians before we came along and they did it without computers or a Texas instrument You still get out your calculator to balance your checkbook. Amen. Some of you ought to have balanced your checkbook. (laughs) It's all right. Let's do the math. One month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, seven months, eight months. Getting a little foggy here, Joseph. Hmm. Maybe Jesus came early. (laughs) Because before they were married, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Bible says espoused. In our terms, it's called engagement. You know, one of those quick marriages. Well, we just fell in love. We just want to do it right away. 
We just wanted to elope and do it right away. We wanted to get married right away. We just couldn't stand. We just couldn't stand being apart. And about eight months later, we don't want to talk about it. People are always biting at the heels of the promise. No one is ever given a promise of God without somebody biting at the heels. And not everybody falls short. See, there's another man in the distance. He has to walk by faith and not by sight. And he says, we got to get to Bethlehem. Because his wife is heavy with child also. And the witness that Joseph could not give, that Jacob could not give rather, Joseph is going to stand today as a testimony. You can make it. Joseph didn't understand everything. Let me just tell you, everybody, you don't have to understand. Just get there. He couldn't understand it all. In fact, until you see the face of Jesus, you're not going to understand all the things you go through right now. His wife was heavy with child, but he had to get to Bethlehem because the promise is going to be revealed in that city. The bread of life is going to be revealed in that city. It will begin in the house of bread. And I say today, we must make it to that city. You've got to get to that city. You're in the house of God today, so make your declarations and cast off the gods that conflict you. You've got to get to that city. Let me just read it in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13. All of those people, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the place where they came from, they might have had opportunity to go back. But now, verse 16, they desire a better country. That is an heavenly place wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he hath prepared for them a city I read from Revelation 21 and I saw no temple there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it and the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it and the Lamb is the light thereof and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth are going to do the same thing. They're going to bring their glory and honor into it. I'm not standing up here just to pass time, but I'm going from Bethel to Bethlehem. I'm looking for a city. I'm looking for a place whose foundations are the builder and maker of God. It's the city where the Lamb is the light. It's the city where there is no sorrow and no darkness and no shame and no loss and no death. pastor today you got to get rid of everything you got to get rid of don't hold on to things don't hold on to things even if you think they're okay if they're dragging you down get rid of them ah 
I'm going to a city. I'm looking for a city. Come on, everybody. I'm looking for a city. Yes. Come on, everyone. I'm looking for a city. I'm looking for a city. This world's not my home. I, I, this, this place is not where I belong. But I'm in the house of God. I'm in Bethel because I've got to show my family the goodness of God. They've got to have an experience with the Lord God Almighty. They've got to receive his spirit inside of them. But when we get that done, we're going to walk towards another place. And we cannot fall short of getting there. Not everybody falls short. Not everybody is emptied out. Yes. Not everybody. (laughs) And on that morning, when they finally started out, and they got to the place That city, that small place. Though they were rejected, they found room. And Joseph did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. And when she brought forth that child... All the wonder of the world wrapped up in him. In fact, Paul wrote that the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelled in him. The spirit of the ancient one vaguely cloaked behind his eyes. The unity of the flesh and the spirit combined in a dual nature that they were holding in their hands. And from his mouth, in a blink, he's going to judge the nations and call to order the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. I say to everybody today, whatever you have to do to get there, you've got to get there. Come on, dads and moms. Husbands and wives. People that hear this word, you're at Bethel today. But this is not where we're staying. We got to get to Jesus. We got to get to heaven. Please stand with me now, and we're just lifting up our hearts and hands. Come on, just lift up your hands and surrender to the Lord. I'm going to. Open up your hands and just say, I'm releasing something today. It's, it's been weighing me down. I've been holding on to it, but it really, I know it doesn't make any difference. Yes. Uh, uh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.